Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. Uh, my name is Richard Brown, and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Now, we're just doing this little interlude, mini, mini, mini series with just a couple of like my property and business friends, really. Um, some have been friends for uh, a long time, and some have been friends and contacts are coming to my life more recently, but I've had a profound effect. And today's guest is Mr. Daniel Hill who is in that latter category. I've been watching you, Dan, but I was, um, from a distance, by the way, for a long, long time. But obviously, we've we've kind of had quite a lot of crossovers in recent times. And um, it's a pleasure to have you join me on my podcast. And maybe I'll be put out on your podcast. Who knows? See how that goes. But welcome to the Property Voice podcast. Thank you, Barry. It's a pleasure. Ah, great. So we've got no idea how this is going to go. Um we did maybe have a few thoughts, but I think it's just two two guys having a chat, really. And uh, I think, you know, there's, as I mentioned, you know, we've kind of got to know each other, you know, quite well, you know, recent times especially. But, um, and I think we can talk about some of that and why it happened. I don't know which bits we can talk about, which we can't, because uh, some of it might be under NDA. <laughs> but um, I think what would be really useful, particularly for my audience, is would you mind giving just like a helicopter view of yourself and your own background so they can picture, you know, who you are, where you come from, what you do type of thing, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Daniel Hill and I've been in business all my life. Started life as an entrepreneur about three years old and uh, several decades later, for whatever reason, I'm still doing it. Uh, started in business as, had my first like, full-time business at 15 and started an events company then started a self-employed construction business and then pretty quickly realised I didn't want to be the person shoveling the sand every day. I'd rather be the person building the houses. So I should probably figure out what business is all about. So I went to university, did a degree uh, in strategic entrepreneurship, which is all about looking at markets and industries and curves and waves and trying to find those little high-value sweet spots where you can get in. And during my placement year, which was year three, I had a, uh, an employed job for the first time in my life. And uh, after about 12 weeks, I was actually facing uh, the sack. I, I got disciplined, I got reprimanded, and then they were actually going to fire me. And uh, the, area, the area manager came in and said, I don't know what you've done, but you've doubled sales to £2.4 million. We want to promote you and give you an award. And I thought, this has taught me two things. One is... I never want to work for anyone ever again. And also, if you can look outside the box and do things that are different to the things I nearly got sacked for, um, the results can be quite good. So know when to bend the rules, just don't know when not to break them. And then built a little trading group, started locally, scaled it nationally, and then sold that in 2011. 2012, went into property because the market plateaued, and that was always my plan. And then started a trading group called PPN UK, and one of the UK's leading property groups now, we focus on investment. We used to do management. We do training and we do development. And I've been doing that for the last 10 years. So that's what I focus on now. 
Very good. I mean, it's quite a lot we could pick up there, by the way. Um, <laughs> Wherever you want, you just let me know. Are you, was that your first and only job, by the way? Um, obviously, no, you did. Yeah. Was that your first and only job, the one you did in your placement year? Yeah. So yeah. Only at the university, I sort of did like a bit of self-employed building and stuff like that. But it's my only, job, my only full-time, 40-hour-a-week job there. Yeah. So you, you're basically uh, a businessman, entrepreneur, whatever language you want to use through and through, really, aren't you? Yeah, I was, I was born with that. More, more of an entrepreneur. I used to be more of an entrepreneur than a businessman. I think I've learned the skills of business and actually when you can have, be an entrepreneurial business, but it actually adds, adds a lot of value. But I think if I was born an entrepreneur, I'd probably learn how to be a businessman. Yeah, that's an interesting distinction. I might dwell on that. Um, but I just can't help but pick, I've picked up what you said about when you, you said you were in business from three years old. Is that right? Well, it's sort of like when, when people talk about an entrepreneur's born or, you know, is it a job that you learn? My earliest memories was being about three years old at a family Christmas do. And while everyone else was playing with their toys, I'd managed to get one of the cardboard boxes and I'd cut a little hole in it. I was taking money off the adults and giving them sweets. And that was like my first thing of constantly focusing on value exchange, revenue. Like, you know, back then it just seemed like what I was interested in. And now it's, you know, now it's what I do for a living. So, or now it's what I enjoy doing. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's intriguing. Um, so there's this discussion sometimes between nature and nurture. You know, um, are you born a bit, you know, entrepreneur? Or, uh, can you be grown into one? And you talked about perhaps a distinction between entrepreneurship and, and being a business person. You know, what, what's your view generally on, on that? Well, nature and nurture is really interesting because I only actually heard that terminology a few years ago. I think it's a great question. What, what do you think about entrepreneurs specifically? Do you think you'll learn do you think it's a learned behavior do you think it's a, a, a born trait me yeah yeah i think i think there's a natural tendency to be an entrepreneur i think you know you normally um and there's some clues that we can pick up um some people just know like when you're three years old you you probably just i don't know if you were conscious of it but you know you it was sort of part of you <clears throat> and um various parts of your life pointed to it but i think uh, I, I actually went into business a little bit later. So I spent a bit of time in corporate land, as I call it, uh, nearly getting fired, um, you know, quite a lot, actually, not only for saying too much, speak, you know, speaking out, that's a load of rubbish. What do you want to do that for? Um, I was kind of known for that kind of, uh, you know, insightful, um, helpful you know, feedback to uh, senior leadership. But I think, you know, there were always, always clues. And Steve Jobs says you can only join the dots looking back. But I think um, I always likened it to, you know, going with the grain or going against the grain. And it, it just feels right. Like if you drop silk down, you know, uh, yeah. the wrong direction on wood, it will either stick or it will flow nicely, right? And I think it's an inner feeling. And that's what I, I sense. So it, an entrepreneur, you, you just feel, you sense you're either in the right place or in the wrong place. And um, I definitely had, you know, I had decent you know, despite telling my bosses they didn't know what they're doing, but um, had a decent, successful corporate career um, to, a, to an extent. Um, but I, um, I was kind of, it just didn't feel right. I just didn't feel I was in the right environment. And I, I do actually remember I set two goals when I was in my late teens. I'll come back to you in a sec, by the way. I do get on a roll. I, t- I set two goals in my late teens. One was to uh, run my own business. And the second was to write a book. Um, now, 
I didn't do either um, until, you know, much later, really. I, I did start my own business when I was, uh, I think I was 30. So I was 30 when I started my first business. And I wrote my first book. Gosh, um, well, it was 2015 it was published. Uh, that doesn't actually help you because you don't know how necessarily how old I am. But I was like, it was, it was 30, 35 years in the making, the book. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Back to you. Uh, so you asked me, but what about you? What's your thoughts? Well, I don't know. I think it's <clears throat> so nature and nurture. I think there's lots of bits to it. I think um, if you don't want to talk about the sort of more scientific, academic, there's sort of some people are left brain thinkers, some people are right brain, some people are more creative and intuitive, some people are more analytical, some people are more audio, some people are more visual. I think that element is probably born. I think it's just the way your brain works you know some people have long legs some people have short legs some people have creative brains some people have analytical brains i think that part's quite born so then obviously that puts you into one of four categories i would probably fall into the i think i would probably fall into the dynamic creative sort of space um whereas i think perhaps from my experience doing business with you you probably have the creative dynamic side but also have the analytical data-driven side, which is actually probably one of the best positions to be in, especially for business ownership. Um, but then I also believe <clears throat> you, you've got to develop anything. So you're born and you can choose how far you want to progress. And I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. So obviously it's been quite a narrow experience, but I've gone really deep. So I do think <clears throat> I am really good at that one thing. So I've gone really deep with that. But also, I believe in other things about things like <clears throat> uh, spirituality. I believe things about the soul, even like the woo-woo stuff like astrology and human design. And when you believe in that sort of stuff, it's, you know, you're here for a purpose. And I actually also believe you're here to do something. And I, I don't know the answer to the question, but I believe we have more control over everything than we think. But we also have a lot less control over what, what we think. So there's sort of a bit of an academic answer and a bit of a woo-woo answer for you. Well, I think, I mean, it's fascinating to be fair. I think um, human design, by the way, it's a really fascinating topic. Um, it's mind it. For those of you listeners who've never heard of it, it's you give me, basically give them the date of birth and the place you were born and the time, and they'll give, they'll give you a reading and it tells you exactly who you are. And every person I've recommended it to, has done that. They, they don't even know your name or your email address or your IP, whatever you call it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's mind-boggling. It is. Uh, I've actually had a reading. Um, it is mind-boggling. And I do like the fact that... Um, it could, human uh, design profile you? Pardon? What human design profile are you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I've forgotten. <laughs> I'll have to look it up now. Um, mm, I don't know. Don't ask me difficult questions. That's... Um, one thing in my in, for me is um, I do forget things, so I have to document things uh, as I go. I'll look it up as I go along. But uh, I tell you, it, <clears throat> well, we are whole, whole beings, all right? And I think no matter if people think, well, because we started talking about this bit when we're talking about difference in entrepreneurship and being like a business man or person, and I think you know possibly business person is like skills or competencies driven. Um, whereas being more entrepreneurial, excuse me, my friend, I need to drink some water too. <clears throat> being more entrepreneurial is more of a natural tendency. And I think you, you can put the two together. So if you're too 
um, skillsy competency modelly, you know, you can lose people um, potentially. But if you're too entrepreneurial, idea here, idea there, head in the clouds, next big thing, you might not, you know, have the, the foundations and the grounding to have a successful business potentially. So there's a bit of a yin and a yang. Would you say you're more entrepreneur and more businessman? <laughs> well, um, I think my natural tendency is entrepreneurial, but I've got learned behaviours. Um, so when you talk about your observation of me, for example, you said, oh, you perhaps got a bit of analytical in you. Um, that's, that's kind of a learned behaviour. So I was, a, you know, accountancy trained uh, when I left uni. Um, I do have a brain for numbers, but, you know, and I, was, I was a county trained, so it was a discipline that I, I learned. You know, I can read a balance sheet and stuff like that. Um, but I tried to be an accountant for a while. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. That's you know, interesting. I, That's really it. Have you done Wealth, wealth Dynamics before? Wealth Dynamics, yeah. So I'm creator prim, primary uh, profile. Yeah, so you'll be a creative mechanic in that top left corner, which in yeah. my opinion is it, it probably conflicts of interest because I'm the same. But is, that is definitely the best. If you're a creative mechanic on on um, human design, I wouldn't be surprised if you're a manifesting generator. So manifesting, oh, it, I think that brings a bell now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Manifesting <laughs> means you can manifest. You know, you can create dynamic. You can see where you're going. You've got that foresight and vision. But generators, like the Duracell bunny, you can actually go out and make things happen. You're not, you know, you're not you don't just talk a good game like lots of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look it up. Uh, it's not very good for a podcast, me looking something up, but um, I'm actually trying right, to look what my profile is. Um, uh, come on, tell me. Oh, yeah, I am. That's what I am. The manifesting very, very interesting. We're, we're literally the same wealth dynamics profile and the same uh, manifesting generator. I don't know the same human design. I don't know if I've spoken to anybody else who is the same on both of those. So there you go. I, I did have a sneaky feeling, but um, to be fair, I think you you obviously study that in maybe observing other people and, and try and read um, other people, I, I imagine. Is that fair? <coughs> do I use, use it or study it? Well, yeah, do you? I mean, you were like commenting on me and you are, oh, I wonder if, you, if you're this or you're that. Do you actually utilise it in that way to think about who you're engaging with and maybe what would get the best sort of response out of them? Yeah, absolutely. On, on Property Entrepreneur, we teach advanced communication, which is basically why does why do some people think other people are weird? Why do some people think other people are quiet? Why do quiet people think other people are loud? And it's about understanding the different yeah. the different profiles and how to communicate. And whether you're doing deals or you're just having a trying to have a decent conversation with your business partner, it's it's understanding how to communicate in their language. Because most people don't. We communicate in our own language, which annoys other people. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you've um, taken us a little bit off tangent, but um, if you look at sort of relationships, I mean, romantic relationships, things like, you know, the five love languages or... What language you love it? What am I? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm... Um, what am I? So there's five of them. So I'm... Um, well, just come on, you tell me yours first and I rem remember my own... So for those who never heard of the languages of love, it's basically <clears throat> in the same way that introverted people are really quiet and reserved and extroverted people are really loud. If you're loud to a quiet person, they get overwhelmed. If you're quiet to a loud person, they get bored. It's understanding 
what language the other person uses so you can communicate. And when you use that in relationships, it's called the love languages. And there's five of them. And it's basically a really good understanding of how to make your partner happy, but also how to not judge your partner by your own standards. Because if what's important to you is not important to them and they don't know it, they're never going to meet your expectations because they're not tuned into it. The five are <laughs> acts of service. So you love it when somebody does something for you. If somebody does an act of service, that really makes you feel good. Um, touch. So the, the, the sensitive touch, being intimate, being delicate, being affectionate, touch is the second. Um, gifts. So the third one is people buying you things. So buying you a sentiment, buying you a gift, bringing you flowers or aftershave. The fourth is... How you got me now? Words of endearment, I think they call it. Oh, yeah, words of endearment, yeah, so encouragement, saying nice things, compliments. What's the fifth? Oh, no. I'm trying to think now. Um, um, quality time. Ironically, yeah. that's my partner's language of love, quality time. Uh, and hers, hers is quality time and mine is service. So she does something for me. Wow. Like this morning I went out and walked the dogs because I, I had a board meeting at like 6.30am. I was like, I just love that. I like she, She's got up and taken the dogs out, which is my job. Like That is really important to me. Whereas if I did it to her, it wouldn't be wouldn't be that important. Whereas if I carve out, she carves out 90 minutes for me in an evening to spend some time together, I'm like, that's okay. But I'd prefer an act of service. Whereas if I do that for her, that makes her feel special. So that's mine and hers. What's yours? Yeah, so um, so I think I had two, and I can't remember which way round it was. So I think you have your primary one and your secondary one. So I think it's the physical touch and the words of endearment for me. And I, I just like I say, I can't remember. But I think probably is words. Um, so words are really important to me. Um, you know, it, you know, it can like build you up. It can pull you down in my case. Um, now there's just an interesting spin on this. Uh, I happen to be married twice. I still am married for the second time. And, um, my, my first wife and I, we had opposite, um, love languages. Um, and my current wife, my current wife, my wife, um, she's still going to be my wife. Maybe not as she hears this, but anyway, um, we have very similar um, love languages. So it does make it a bit easier if you're similar. You have to work at it if if you're different. And I think the transition, you know, maybe in this is we're talking about romantic relationships, which is great. But it, similar principles can apply in, in other types of relationship too. I mean, obviously, don't go around kissing people in a business meeting, but you know, um, you know, we can apply principles. You know, someone who likes the little touch on the shoulder, for example. You need to get that right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, if, if they like that, then, you know, it can make them feel uplifted. So, absolutely. And it's like, I always think about having either night vision goggles or, you know, when you go to the optician and they put the different lenses in. <clears throat> I always think the more of these things you can learn, it just gives you more. When you communicate with somebody, you're not just, it just gives you a higher level of awareness. And obviously, not necessarily talking about, taking advantage of the situation or manipulating it or anything like that, but more understanding how we all want to go from point A to point B. And when we're doing deals, and you and I have done a number of deals together, the most important thing, the only important thing, is that you've got a number of people involved in the deal and you've got to find that win-win-win where everybody's happy. And when you can understand how to, rather than do a deal where people just think about, one of my big mantras is 
relationships over transactions is I'll only ever take 80% of the deal. I could get another 100 grand here or another half a million there. If it means I'm going to squeeze the pips out of somebody else, that's not interest for me. Like I've made my money. That's not how we play the game. It's relationships over transactions. When you can start to learn that's all business is, really, it's communicating with different people and understanding how they work. And all you need to do is really develop a huge self-awareness of what is everybody trying to achieve and what are they thinking without saying it. That's when you can really start to operate at a very mature, sustainable, lucrative level, I think, because it's a skill set that not many people have. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I think, so talking about being holistic, I, I kind of reinvented the wheel, um, you know, the wheel of life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, I've developed, I built on that. Obviously, I didn't invent it. I just built on it. Uh, mine's a bit more complicated. It's got more spokes and more pieces. Um, but basically, it's kind of a holistic planning, you know, self-reflection tool. And, you know, you score yourself in each of these different areas, you know, um, and, and we are whole beings. It's not just about work and business or even just your you know, romantic life. There's other things too. So um, that's one example. Another one is that, you know, there's um, people are, I like to say people are icebergs. You know, um, you've only got so much above the surface and the rest is all beneath the surface. And, you know, we just have to figure out <laughs> if we can what's beneath the surface because often people people's stated reasons for doing something, saying something, behaving a certain way or taking a decision are not actually reflective of their real, true, inner um, motives. So it's trying to figure that out. So I'm with you about relationships. I'm with you about trying to figure people out. Um, you know, they say the best uh, best sort of communicators are one who can sort of make you feel heard uh, in a room. I don't know if you can hear what's going on outside my, my thing here, but... I think there's a helicopter doing circling, hopefully not looking for me. But anyway, so yeah, the whole whole being, and you're right, it's it's a skill set, softer skills. But I think these softer skills are what differentiates a lot of successful people from not so successful people, in whether it's business people or, or just people in, in any any walk of life. And they are skills. There's very few people who are born with that. Because you, what you've got to adopt is all, you've got to understand all the different profiles. Um, there's some people who are naturally people people, like Blaze profiles or people who are more sensory. You know, they're more connected to certain things. But that doesn't always facilitate a good business ability. Um, and, yeah, business, and this is like the biggest cliche ever, and I've never said it before, but business is, it is a people thing, isn't it? It's like I had a board meeting today and we, we Doing a national expansion of one of these one of the companies I'm invested in. But I was saying, what I said to him, what do you think the biggest challenge you're going to come up against is going to be on this journey? And what do you think they said? What well, they said, people, was it? Do they? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. They said yeah. Well, the team is the strategy solid, the, the business model solid, the funds are there, the market's perfect. What's the biggest challenge we're going to have? It's going to be how do we get a team of people to collaborate, move in the same direction. You know, it's, it's the hardest. I think it's the hardest thing. In, in, I think it probably is the hardest thing in business at scale. When you get into the 30, teams of like 30, 40, 50, I think there it really is. Yeah, that, I think that's probably, it's, yeah, it's that danger zone in the middle. When you're like less than 10, it's easy because you're all mates. When you're over 100, it's easy because you've got a seven-figure board of six-figure executives. 
when you're in that scale up space, that's where I think it gets tough because you are reliant on lots of people, culture, structure. It's tough. Yeah, I agree. It's tough. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a complex situation then because, you know, you can have the best plans and strategies, you know, be well-funded, have the right product, marketing, etc. just talking about general business principles, but <laughs> who's delivering it, you know? And, you know, and, you know, you can have a boss who's just down on, you know, all their staff and they're just completely demotivated, start sabotaging things and leaving and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it doesn't get executed well. And, and a lot of it is about, you know, ego gets in the way um, of all of us, actually. So I think to, to, it all starts with self-awareness, actually. All starts with self-awareness. So if we start with self-awareness, we're aware of ourselves, and then we start to flip it and go, well, obviously that's looking in the mirror, self-awareness looking in the mirror. But then we can start to look outside through the lens or whatever you want to call it at other people with a great understanding of ourselves, and then recognising, actually, do you know what? they've also got that those things going on those motivators those differentiators those characteristics um and recognizing that they're different um yeah. but you know it, funny enough i mean look at uh just off topic literally i think today they've got the climate summit haven't we yeah um, it's been going on these last few days and you know, there's going to be classic examples there of different, you know, personalities and cultures and, you know, just personal interests, um, which are, are going to get in like the if way. If you want to look at a space where ego is top of the pile, I mean, I listened to seven hours of the House of Commons last week with a budget just to hit all the opposing thoughts. And it's just embarrassing. You think, at what point was singing chants and shaking a new like, part? You know, we're not... We're not in ancient Rome now in the Colosseum. It's 2021. We're talking about recovering. We're talking about going to a global Britain. And we've got a group of people banging their chest and shaking newspapers. It's like, yeah, there's no... But we're, but we're still Neanderthal. I mean, we, we uh, you know, that's one of the things to always remember. We've still got animal instincts, you know, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, you know, type of responses. And, um, you know, the chimp paradox and all that stuff. Uh, we, we are instinctive creatures at heart. And whilst we have advanced, clearly, you know, with knowledge, education, et cetera, um, it, 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 fundamentally that's that. And that's why sometimes we can all get pissed off with one another, you know, because the animal comes to the surface. We get triggered and, you know, we, we can respond. So um, that's something I'm really interested in from a personal development, self-development point of view. I love psychology, but I'm not a psychologist, if that makes sense. Um, my wife is, so that, you know, I've got no chance in my house, basically. I'm busted for everything. So, <laughs> so uh, she's uh, she's very good, double degree psychologist and you know, a senior HR vice president. So I've just, you know, I've just done, basically, you know. At least you've got someone to ask the advanced economic uh, academic questions to on psychology. I'm more into like philosophy, so I look more of the more of the why. Well, I don't know if it's the why, what, the how, but it's like one of the things that, that fascinates me, obsesses me, and drives me mental is this whole thing of like why. I'm all into like last month on Property Entrepreneur, I taught everyone about the sole purpose. This is the concept of if you eat things like if you, whether it's like religious or Buddhist or like dharmas or ikigais, and it's this this idea that we're here to do something. This why why 
well, I'll pose the question to you because I'm sure you consider that. Is like, why are you here? Why do you do what you do? Why? What? Why? <laughs> why? 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 Me? Okay. So, I think um, it's again, it's one of those uh, voyages of discovery, right? Um, and I think in my case, it's um, I'm, I'm, it's a dual purpose, if that makes sense. But I think ultimately, it's probably the same route. So I think I'm here to share my knowledge, um, but equally, I think I'm here to you know give into the next uh, generation. So. You know, everything I do kind of always comes back to that. You know, so what I'm doing now, for example, is, you know, we're, we're kind of sorted financially, wealth, you know, we're okay as a family and the kids are going to be okay. So we've, we've kind of hit all those goals. Um, and, you know, next stage really is I'm, I'm trying to build a foundation. And so, you know, above a certain level of net worth, it's all going to go into this foundation. And um, I've had that. It's been burning inside of me for a couple of decades, and it kind of won't let me go. It just keeps coming back. And even though I go, do you know what? I just want to sit on a beach and sip cocktails and do nothing for a while. And we talked about that before we came on air and how actually exciting that is after a while. Um, but, you know, so I think the foundation is really um, what I'm building towards. It's just it's my legacy. But, and, and it's sharing. It's still sharing. But one is sharing knowledge along the way, and the other one is is maybe giving back in a in a different way when I leave this merry earth, uh, which we all will. So I think that's for me my purpose. What about you? Well, I'll just ask you a question on that. Don't take this the wrong way. This is this is a reflection of me, not you. So I st- I've always wanted to do a foundation, and then started looking at it and thought there's way loads of red tape, charity, all that sort of stuff. So four years ago, I started to think, we'll get up and give back which is basically a, an initiative we run every year to promote mental and physical well-being in entrepreneurs because one of the biggest things that gets in our way is ourselves. You know, we get fat, we get lazy, we get slow. Just to look after people's med- mental and physical well-being as entrepreneurs, but also raise money for charity. And we've raised about a quarter of a million pounds so far over the last sort of three or four years. And on my wheel of life and five-year plan, was I wanted to get up to a point where I was donating half a million pound a year. And as I've got more self-aware over the last few years about my ego, one of the questions I can't now get away from is, am I actually doing that because I feel like I'm giving and I am giving back? Or is it another thing of my ego of I feel like I should be or I feel like I want to visibly be given? Because it's a very – it comes with the territory, philanthropy, doesn't it? You make money – you get to a good position and then you start giving back. And I thought, is that just my ego or is that actually fundamentally something that I want to do? And it's like, have you ever asked yourself that question? No, absolutely. I think, you know, um, it's a good way to test yourself. Um, you know, and if you, you know, what, I mean, I, I was reluctant to, te- to say it, <clears throat> excuse me, because I think once you start articulating that, it can sound like a bit of a humble brag, you know, or it can be flipped and used as a PR exercise. So I, I was trying not to say it too much. But interestingly, I was talking to your former team, and we might get onto that. And um, I was prompted to share my personal vision. Um, and I just, t- I just touched on it very loosely. I, I kind of did there. And uh, I was prompted to share in a bit more detail. And it was a bit uncomfortable because, like, oh, you know, I don't know, if, you know how far to go with this. But I did. And, um, and of course, it, just, it was from the heart. And I had people coming up to me afterwards saying that was so inspiring, you know, and thanks for sharing that and, you know, things like that. 
And um, so I'm I'm trying to be wary of not sounded, you know, like some big thing or whatever. And I, equally, I don't want to. I didn't. I didn't actually personally subscribe to the point that it just goes with the territory, the philanthropy. It doesn't always, by the way. Um, but I think, um, although you look at some of the uh, the giving pledge, you know, and I think perhaps is. I mean, that's a great thing, by the way, the, the giving pledge uh, to give back into society. But it can be used, in, you know, in, inappropriately sometimes. But I think what my vision is, so yours is great. I think you're giving money and it's today and it's making a difference today with your charitable giving. What I'm really trying to do is build a, like a, almost a wealth fund. So whether it's a foundation, a charity, not-for-profit, whatever it is, I don't actually know yet. But I'm hoping it's going to last for several generations. And um, you know we'll we'll you know live live on a bit longer than than I could have done. So I think that's where I, I really have the vision for it. And the the causes that I you know want to support they're very close to my heart. It's funny actually because they've been expanded recently because my kids have um, helped me to see a wider, bigger picture because they're obviously a different generation and uh, they've got. You know, I wouldn't say they've got different interests because when I mentioned what theirs are, it's like, well, of course you should have that as an interest, but you also have to, you can't do everything for everybody. So yes, I've asked myself that question. I'm trying to avoid it being an ego trip uh, in all honesty. And that's why in a way I keep the, the whole, it keeps coming back to me, you know, thing is, is really important. And I think it's a good test of whether it's a per, your purpose. If it won't leave you alone, if you feel it just keeps rising up inside of you, bloody hell, I've got to do something about that. Um, that's a clue that it is really your co core purpose, I think. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> as, as you're talking there, I think, obviously, in the wider question of the why sort of thing, <clears throat> like being productive is just in my blood, like being productive and being creative and problem solving. And again, you've got to be wary of sound cliche, but the same way as you do, but it's helping people, whether it's been in my businesses where I've, taking team members and create cultures where everyone feels invested in and trying to drive them forward. Or it's somebody comes to me, wants to sell their business or it's somebody that's got a load of money that they've just sold their company. And actually now, you know, they, they're used to making half a million pound a year. Now they've got a couple of million quid, but they've got no, no cash flow. It's like understanding what their problems are. And then one of my skills, I think is making things happen is if I, if I say I'm going to get involved in something, I normally, if it kills me, I'll normally execute on that because I'll make the decision whether I can do it before I go into it. That's yeah. probably my, like one of my skill sets. I think my reason why, yeah, I don't know. This is like one of the deepest questions we talk about on Property Entrepreneur. We spend three months every year looking at it, and there's the tangible bit. So my reason why initially was I came from a very humble beginnings, single-parent household, and uh, we didn't have money. So my first thing was I wanted to get money to give money to my mum and I wanted to get money to make my dad proud. That was my first thing. And then I got to a point where hopefully I made my dad proud and I realised my mum didn't actually want my money. Um, <laughs> so she, she basically just said, you're wasting your time. But by then it was too late. And then I wanted financial independence myself. So I wanted to build my own sort of like financial fortress and have financial independence. So I did that. And then, I don't know, then I've just been soul-searching, really. I tried time off a couple of years ago. Tried, like, December off and putting my feet up. And, you know, I just end up 
fat, hungover, and with sunstroke, sitting on the beach with ginger hair. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I think what well, one thing that's come to me recently, which I'm reading some really old scripts, uh, old stuff at the minute. Some reading some stuff from uh, a, a script called the Dao Da Ching by uh, Lao Tzu. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's like two and a half. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Yeah, it's about two and a half thousand years old. Anyway, it's like 84 chapters. It's like an encyclopedia. I won't bore you with it, but one of the things they said in there is don't die with your music inside you. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's something that's really landed for me recently. It's like, what is my music? And I thought property entrepreneurs have been going for seven or eight years now. And every year, I've never tried to scale it. I've never, every year it just gets more expensive and more people join because it's just this blueprint of what I've used to get to where I am. And over the last 10 years, I've just created a new thing and then passed it back to other people. And I thought, actually, if there was one thing I could leave the world, it would be that blueprint finished, done and dusted. So actually, when I'm long gone, I mean, the guys deliver it without me at the minute, but it's only about 70% there. That would be my gift, I think, would be that. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to my own question. How's that? I was going to say, you're fascinating because, you know, obviously you spent a lot of time, you know, contemplating purpose and soul um you know uh that you mentioned and you're still searching yourself but i mean to be fair um you know you you've got a, you're a bit younger than me um so i think not that the, you need to be a certain age but because i have been wrestling with that topic for probably longer many more years maybe um you know it's starting to appear maybe I think the things that you know we talk about when we're young and our aspirations and our outcome goals, you know, like financial independence, get a house, get married, blah blah blah, you know, stuff like that. They're they're like everybody's sort of um, milestones in life. There's no real difference, you know. We still want to be in a relationship, in a, in a nice home, and you know, feel that we, we're fulfilled in our work and things like that. And pretty much everyone's the same. I think the distinguishing part is the bit that is it's not an outcome actually. It's a way of life. And there's some clues you're already telling me. I don't want to be, pet, you know, pop psychologist or anything. But there's a lot of clues in the way you talk and the way that you go about things. And I think, you know, something around the helping people sounds to me, you know, certainly part of it. And, um, you know, you've got the skills to execute on that. You know, I've seen it firsthand, by the way. You know, you know when you've been working alongside us and supported us, and just the way you talk, um, you know, you studied and you apply that. And, and then you've got a, a heart to want to help the other person to get what they want. You talk about win, 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 you know, uh, as outcomes. And you, you'll leave money on the table for the sake of relationships. You know, that's that's pointing to a slightly different direction, I think. And I think there's something there. Uh, so. Can you encourage me to explore? Because that is my big question. When, when I'm not busy... And I am in my little meditation room or I've got time to myself. In my head, I'm always thinking, like, what is this all about? Any, anything you, any long words of wisdom you could hand down to me to explore that? You know, you're, you're very, from the conversations we've had, one of the things that I'd credit you with is how well-rounded and like how much like life experience you've got, both in business but also the softer side of things. You know, when you're talking about people and appraising situations, you clearly know what, and even just like you just spoke about then, you know what you're talking about. How would you how would you encourage me? You, you've obviously developed your understanding further than I have in this field. With what 
what would you encourage me to explore? Or questions yeah. to ask myself? Or... Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm not an expert, by the way. I, I think, you know, uh, maybe I talk a good game, but uh, I'm not an expert. Um, so I think for me, uh, you know, it's been... Look, so the music inside, right? You said your own quote. So don't die with the music inside. So you kind of need to tune in literally. So listen, listen to yourself um, in different situations and what keeps recurring, even though you're in different situations, different events happening with different people, you know, is the Steve Jobs quote looking back and see if you can join those dots. But on a more practical level, I don't know if you've read, you are well read. So you may well have come across these um, publications. By the way, the ancient publications are really good, aren't they? Um, Marcus Aurelius and, you know, the Stoics and all that stuff. And I've been to Stoics this morning, literally. Really? Like, read it every morning. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. one of the things I believe from a soul, uh, carry on, cut you off. No, it's okay. Well, all I was going to say was maybe a couple of books. You've probably come across them. One is The Values Factor by uh, Dr. John Martini. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, and that's, you know, if you really dig into values, you know, that's how you do things, what's important to you. You, you know, know what your John, values are? Pardon? You know what your values are? Yeah, yeah. You well, know, you have a comfortable sharing. Yeah, I mean, some of them, I think, you know, you know, trust, respect, integrity. Integrity is really big for me, you know, uh, actually. Um, you know, that mutual respect and, you know, giving is, is another part of it. So there's there's a couple of them that, that are, you know, very, very important. Um, so like you, we talked about the love languages, so and respect, you know, and so if the wrong words come out, then that's not good. They can do from my lips as well as other people's. But integrity, you know, be, be a person of your word be trustworthy, deliver on what you say. You know, that's really important to me, but I also judge other people by the same value, by definition, but it isn't necessarily their value. So sometimes a bit unfair, you know. Yeah, so those are people. Exhausting, especially as a leader and a business owner and an investor and a manager. When, yeah, judging yeah. other people by your own standards, especially when you're a perfectionist and a high performer, it's a very exhausting place to be as a senior person. Oh, I mean, you know, I've had some therapy around, you know, dropping expectations and stuff like that, you know. So, um, you know, that, that as you rightly say, it, you set your, your own bar quite high and then you end up judging people by the same bar, perhaps even a higher bar. And that's going to get you in a lot of trouble. So anyway, yeah, it's, I think it's not fair on anyone else either. If, you know, yeah, if you judge, so if then, judge my, my gardener by my own standards, it's like with very yeah. different people with very different aspirations in life. The other one is there's another book called What Matters Most. So when people talk about purpose, that's my go-to recommendation. Um, people talk about Simon Sinek's, you know, start with why. But I, I prefer What Matters Most uh, because it, it's very practical at helping you uncover, um, you know, your purpose. But there's a load there's a load of other things that we could dive into, but there's just a couple. But I just think listening. So, for example, I spend a lot of soul-searching times. So I've been through several phases of career you know, corporate land, consultancy, business ownership, investor, uh, and poss possibly rotating them again. And um, and they're different. And like, I see, well, that worked, that didn't work. I like that. I didn't like that. You know, this thing keeps recurring. Why, why is that? Why is this thing? So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a case of listening. And if you're not so good, I'm not always so good at listening to myself, you know, tuning in. It's great to have someone you can talk at and you know, they can play that foil 
Um, I wasn't joking about having therapy. Um, uh, I think, who was I talking to? Um, no, Stephen Schwartzman, Schwartzman, that's right, isn't it? Blackstone. His biography, he talked about he's seen a psychologist for like decades. And I was surprised to hear him say that in his autobiography. Um, but I think lots of people should. It shouldn't be a taboo subject. Definitely you know, not. Doesn't, doesn't mean you need, you know, whatever, fixing or whatever, but it's just helpful to talk to someone, especially someone skilled who can uncover and dig into certain things that you maybe don't even realise you're revealing. Definitely. Uh, I mean, for those people listening as well, who might think, you know, all these things sound quite extreme. If you want to go to the extreme and you want to see what you're capable of, you also need to understand who you are. I've had therapy. I've had uh, hypnotherapy. I was hypnotised last year, and it was one of the most life-changing things I've ever done. I wanted to understand why my work ethic was so high because I couldn't mm -hmm. figure out why I still, you know, I built the businesses, then sold some companies, then made some money or, or made some money, and I couldn't understand why I, I kept wanting to go at the same pace. And all these and nothing changed anyway it took me back to my childhood and found two reasons why and it answered it for me and it changed my life um and then i pay for all of our board members to have a life coach they had the same life coach as i've had for like three four years and it's just every 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 phone call it's only half an hour a month but it's always life-changing and it is it's you know if, if you it's been at the bottom rung of the ladder you know, if you're at the top of the ladder you're in the wrong room it's uh one of them. I've got a couple of questions for you. Oh, have you? Okay. Okay, cool. Go for it. You can, they can be as quick or... Uh, they, can, they can be quick ones. Uh, when we're talking about productivity and being busy, so you and I are both busy people, you know. I think we like, for whatever reason, we like that lifestyle, that pace of life. And obviously sometimes, it's, sometimes it doesn't always... Sometimes it can be at our own cost and it can overcook us a little bit. Why do you think we're like that? Or why uh, are you like that? Why, why yeah, you like say, yeah, it's hard for me to, you know, call it for you, for you, but I'm, I might have a suspicion, but I don't know. Um, well, okay, this is, whoa, okay. Uh, I'm a very honest person, and it's hard for me not to say something when there's, some, there's an honest revelation there. Sometimes it gets me in trouble, by the way. But um, recently I just discovered I had a condition, um, which clearly I've had for many a decade. And I didn't know I had a certain condition until it was recently uh, diagnosed. And uh, it comes with the condition. So I understand. And now I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's actually a release. It's, it's like, it's a release. And now it's a joke, right? Oh, it's because of my condition and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I am wired, you know. Um, I am always on the go. I'm, you know, I'm always, you know, moving towards new things um, as well. So it's all kind of characteristic with that. And it kind of, it's a piece of the puzzle that I didn't have. I mean, I'm 55. I'm bloody 55. And I didn't know. I just did not know. I mean, God forbid, you know, people around me who survived around me for however many decades. Uh, you know, and I, I'm thinking back to the moments going, okay, yeah, that wasn't so great. That wasn't so great. And I can pinpoint it to this uh, common thread. So no, I don't necessarily want to spill it, spill it all out right now. But. Well, no, that's sound. I mean, that's, I wouldn't be surprised if 
obviously there's all sorts of spectrums um, and I wouldn't be surprised if I appear on, on some or many of them in different capacities. I mean, my partner's convinced I've got OCD, convinced I've got um, some, some sort of ADHD. I'm just constantly like, my brain is a million miles an hour. I can't shut it up if I want to. If I wake up at one in the morning, you can't put me back to bed. It's like, I'll just lay here for five hours. Do you, see, so let's say that that's because of your condition and you've, you've gone into that space. Do you ever challenge it and begrudge yourself and think, I shouldn't be doing this, I should be sitting on a beach, or I should be chilled out, or I should be doing a 10 till 3 or a 9 to 5? Or are you quite content and happy going all guns blazing? I think um, I, I used to challenge it and question it and uh, think, why me? Why am I doing this? Why can't I just chill out? And, you know, I, I, you know even... I, uh, I took a three-week vacation. I had a business partner at the time. This was back in the 90s. And um, I could not stop checking in with the business. And, you know, he was the chairman, my business partner. He, just, he basically went round one by one, shutting people down, talking to me. And it was the most stressful thing you can imagine for me. I was on a bloody beach trying to relax, but I was actually stressed because I couldn't have the direct communication. And even if there was a problem, I would feel more relaxed knowing about it than just not knowing. So I think, but now I have the answer to that and now I'm more chilled with it and I kind of go with it and um, I kind of forgive myself, you know, and I'm more accepting of myself because now I know it's characteristic of me. So throw something in the mix because other people will be listening to this either thinking we sound like we're absolutely nuts or thinking, wow, that's exactly how I feel. One concept that came to me a couple of years ago, which I think is really interesting, I'm interested to hear your thoughts, is you've got work-life balance that everybody talks about, which is when to start, when to start, weekends are four weeks holiday, and then this thing called work-life blend, which is more like, actually, there is no black and white, it's just all grey, and it's like you can be on holiday, but you might do an hour of work in the morning, because that's how you actually, if I want, I'd rather go for three days or four days off the grid, long weekend, holiday, don't do any work, or seven days with two hours work in the morning, just to dip in. And it's not really work. It's, I don't feel like <laughs> checking into work. I feel like, you know, I'm looking after the kids or whatever, something you want to do. I'm assuming you're more of a work-life blend than you are work-life balance. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. Well, like, one exchange is the other just doesn't make you feel good. No. You know, I really struggle with that. And um, sometimes people around me struggle with it too because maybe they want to switch off um, and, you know, I'm on the go. And like you, it's really funny because you just said something along the lines of it doesn't feel like work or it isn't really work or something like that. And that's how I feel. Like sometimes I've got my, I've got my laptop on, on, on my lap, obviously, in the lounge and my wife's there and we're like, well, you know, we're going to, there's something on, in the background on TV and I'm kind of tapping away. And she said, are you working? I'm like, no, but I think what's the definition? I think probably I am. <laughs> you know, I might be reading an article, for example. That's still kind of building my knowledge, and you know, maybe I'm I'm doing it because I want to translate that into someone else. So yeah, I, I'm getting busted every time, like I say. So definitely a blend person. What about you? Yeah, exactly the same. I mean, I work with entrepreneurs all day, like whether they're companies I invest in or people that we train or other board members who are on the same boards as me and uh we're all the same it's like it's not it's not work it's in fact we was chatting to one of my fellow board members the other day and was he was saying about he'd been to a wedding and he was saying i said how late did you stay because i went to a wedding the other weekend and left at 7 p.m 
So I was like, nothing good's going to happen after 7 p.m. I'm going to end up in top, I'm going to end up drunk or, you know, drinking. Next day is going to be a little bit foggy. I'd rather go to the wedding, have a great time, enjoy everyone's company. And then when people start shouting at you and saying the same thing twice, we'll leave. And we were saying, actually, sometimes, and this is not, if, if my friends and family listen to this, this doesn't apply to them, but sometimes going to a social environment or somewhere where you're forced, forced to make small talk, that can feel far more laborious to me than going and sitting in the office for a day. I could sit here on a Saturday or a Sunday doing deals or sending WhatsApps or whatever and find it far more enjoyable. So I'm definitely more of a, a blend. I'd rather get up, bang out two hours, and then go off to the beach or go out for some lunch. Keep it moving. I think, um, we, we have to be a little bit careful. I think Elon Musk uh, said in his autobiography, um, there was a question he raised, is, is 11 hours a week enough for a girlfriend? Um, um, I don't know if you ask many girls that question. I'm not sure that they're going to agree with it. Um, so, I think you that's know. definitely part of it. It's, you've got to, if somebody's, you've got, you've got to want to be in a relationship with an entrepreneur. There's no, yeah. you, can't, you can't compromise it. He's lovely, but he's an entrepreneur. That's never going to work. It's like yeah. he's lovely because he's an entrepreneur. Exactly. So what was your second question? Um, or did you want to dive more into that one? Because that, that was kind of, Big, right? <laughs> I think it, I think it's yeah. I think it's fascinating. I think it's yeah. It's, yeah. So it's I'll, 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 I'll out it. So it is ADHD in my case. Um, yeah. I have less of the H, if that makes sense. Um, uh, the, there's a few. There's a spectrum, basically. Like how, how did you find out you've had it? Because I'm literally my family have been saying it since I was about six. <laughs> what? No, it's so funny. Uh, no one ever suggested it ever for any reason, even though there were probably quite a lot of clues um, uh, throughout lots of uh, experiences and encounters. But I'll tell you what it was, and it's the, the lady who does my podcast, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, She uh, we had a, had a call and she said, yeah, I think she's out um, about her condition. She said she has ADHD. And she said, I suspect you might have too. And this was fairly recent. This was this year, all right? I was like, oh, uh, really? You know, I mean, I, I don't take any offence by anyone who's saying anything like that. I take on board, you know, feedback. And um, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of do some background research. And, of course, I, you know, looked up about 50 Google uh, articles, you know, Google 50 articles popped up. And I was like, well, I don't see, I don't associate it with the H, the hyperactivity bit. And that was my preconceived idea of the condition as well. You know, someone just can't control themselves, bouncing off the walls type of thing. And, um, you know, I think I can relatively, but not all the time, obviously. Um, but I associated with quite a lot of stuff. I was like, oh, okay, there could be something in this. And then I, I basically took it. I told you, I, I actually speak to a psychologist every week. And I took it into her and she went, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm definitely going to get that out because... Well, there's, there's a, a few tests. There's a few tests. In fact, sorry, go ahead. No, well, yeah, if you've got tests, send it over. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of entrepreneurs have those sort of traits, you know, active more. Oh, Elon Musk says he, when he was a kid, you know, he thought he was insane. He thought he, he actually thought he was insane because his brain just wouldn't stop. Yeah. And mine won't stop. I can never, yeah, it would never stop. You, you know, Elon Musk has got Asperger's, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that I mean, that was quite a new thing as well. I don't know whether it's yeah, not not a new thing. He's probably had it forever, but I know he's only just recently sort of 
yeah. might not announce that. But... I'll send, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. There's a test that, some, funny enough, someone on another group shared, which has got a lot of different tests. So test for autism, test for um, ADHD, and, and a couple of similar sorts of conditions. And it's kind of, you know, it's obviously a self-scoring test. You could influence it if you wanted it to, wanted to, but what would be the point? And then it just gives you a, you might have a tendency to, and maybe you want to look into it type of thing. If you can share that with me, on what's amazing, <laughs> I'll, no I'll share that with you. I've got a soul test, which tells you how old your soul is. Do you, do you think, do you think your soul, the thing about the soul is like, your body is just the physical life, and hopefully at the end of this, the soul carries on and we get, reincarnated or whatever would you say you're an old soul or a young soul oh um well when you put it into in terms of the universe um in you know that we could be reincarnated um it's going to be hard to um answer that i feel like i'm young at heart definitely um but i do feel that uh i don't know it's a, i don't know i don't know the answer to that one but I'll, so I'll take your test. I'll take your test. And yeah, take it. I'd be interested to see. Um, I feel like I'm young at heart, but equally, I do feel that I seek wisdom and I, you know, try and impart wisdom. I mean, that's maybe a self, a humble brag. I don't mean it to sound like that, but, you know, I, I, I search it out and I try and impart it to other people if I hear, you know, good stuff. But what about you? What's your soul age? Did you, you do your off test? The, yeah, off the scale. I'm literally like as old as they come. Like, been here before not interested in the cars and the jewellery and the small talk. I'm on a mission, out of the way, big things to, big things to solve here. Like, yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. Um, but, yeah, I've always known that. I've known that for a long time anyway. Um, seek wisdom over wealth, you know, all these sort of things. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Anyway, second question. Um, so one of the things I said quite flippantly in an interview last year, which has actually stuck with me. And I keep sense checking in with people who I think have got the whole spectrum of experience. And when I thought about coming on this with you, you definitely fall into that category. One of the things that I've come up with in the last couple of years, which I'm still challenging as to whether it's correct, and you let me know your thoughts, is entrepreneurs are the best people to start businesses. Investors are the best people to scale the businesses. Managers and executives are the best people to run the businesses, and accountants and finance directors are actually the best people to own the businesses. What do you think to that? Okay. Um, obviously, first time I heard it that way, I think there's a lot of truth in, in the loss of that. I think entrepreneurs are starters for sure. Um, they definitely need the execs and the managers. Um, this is kind of the business skills and entrepreneur thing we had, you know, at the start of the conversation. Um, maybe just need to better understand what you mean by the investor role and the accountant role before I can give a view back on that. But um, so the investors you said to scale. So entrepreneurs were agreed all go out and start businesses, and probably ninety five percent of them never actually make any money. You know, they, they get they have a well paid job. You know, maybe they're a barber or a butcher or a, a, a bricklayer. You know, have a great lifestyle, but they're self employed, not really build a business. Investors are one those of us that go in and look at the business and say, right, this is one of those needle in the haystack businesses that's crestal wave, it's strong margin, it's highly scalable, highly tradable. An investor goes in and looks at the numbers and says, right, 
you know, you're operating at 10,000 units. The next sweet spot is 500,000 units. We're going to forward fund it, put half a million quid in, drive through the dip, and then we're going to come out up at this, le- up at this level. I think it's the investors that really know how to go through that bit, not necessarily the entrepreneur. And then the accountant? So then the, the managers and the executives run it. You know, no point an entrepreneur sitting in the MD or the CEO seat. And then the accountants, I don't know, I just, the more time I spend with finance people, I just seem, they seem to be the ones that, that run the most lucrative businesses just because they're not interested in the softer side of things. You think about like venture capitalists or maybe not venture capitalists because they're you know, a bit of a negative connotation, but the people who actually own the businesses, big businesses, really they want to be really have a really good understanding of like financial engineering structuring mechanics fundraising balance sheets floats all that sort of stuff we just see that that top level is actually perhaps best run by finance people owned by finance people like investors at the top level i see what you're saying so i think some of it is the reason i was hesitant is because um there's a difference between role and skill so sometimes you can be an investor with, with an entrepreneurial mindset and, you know, things like that. So I definitely think um, you need to be a strategist to scale. Um, you know, so if that often comes with being an investor for a start, but it, it could also sit with some of the other categories, um, you know, particularly. And I think when I've observed fairly well-run businesses of a reasonable scale, there's usually a strong head of sales slash marketing slash business development and a strong accountant, and they work as a pair. And um, so that that would be my read. I think you know if I look at you know the way we're running our business at the moment, you know we're a pair and we're fairly complementary complementary to one another. You know in, in the way we go about things, and that sometimes creates some friction and tension because you know it's natural. Um, but we get a better result when we come out at the end of it. So I don't think there's necessarily a one in, one in each area. But I definitely think there's something in what you're saying, for sure. Yeah, it's just, I suppose what I'm trying to do is, at a very broad brush level, manage people's expectations that if you're an entrepreneur, you're not going to be the one that takes it through the whole hockey stick. You know, there's a number of phases. One thing that you just said there as well, which is absolutely bound money, is about having somebody to turn on the taps, BDM, marketing, acquisitions, whatever, somebody turning on the taps and there's somebody else keeping the water in the bucket, like the finance, stuff like that. And it's very rare that you find those partnerships. Um, and also, when we talk about advanced communication, those two profiles are often the ones that, that conflict. So it's very, very rare as well to find two people that can collaborate like that because normally the, the normal role between a dynamo or a blaze and a, and a steel profile is is actually conflict because yeah one's heading the clouds and the other one's heading the spreadsheet yeah and you know by the way i'm actually loving this conversation we are overrunning but i'm i'm actually loving yeah, it i'm literally gonna have to go in about four minutes yeah. if that's all yeah. no that's fine we'll do that um but it, i think in my case for example i know i need someone with a mop and a bucket going behind me making sure everything's like swept up and it's a bit of an in joke now so you know Cameo, I do a lot of work with. Um, you know, she just knows that. She knows I'm a great starter. I'm a great, you know, set us off down a certain course, but there's going to be a whole load of debris falling out the back, um, which she will go and, you know, pick up and put in the right place. And that's not doing a, a disservice to her because she's also very strategic 
um, in her outlook, but we slotted into some roles and, you know, you know, I'll do my thing. She'll do her thing. We can cross over. I can count the beans. I can do the process. I used to do quality assurance manuals and stuff like that, but I absolutely hate it. So I can do it. Anyway, digression. But before you go, then, if you've got literally like two or three minutes, uh, I did want to say the reason why I've invited you, and I kind of just wanted to put it out there, because rarely, uh, I've mentioned that some of the people I've invited in this very, it's just like four or five people I'm invited in this sort of meaning. It's not like a series, just a couple of conversations. And we didn't really know where this conversation was going to go. And, you know, we, we only recently kind of got connected this year. I've been aware of you. You might not have been aware of me, but I was aware of you for some, for some years before. Um, and did hear good things, by the way, from a distance and observe things from a distance. But we've, you know, worked together in a couple of guises. We've, we've bought and sold businesses, you know, we've helped each other in that sense. So just to put it out there, full disclosure. But the way you go about things, you know, really stands out, Dan, you know. Um, and I, I, I'm just being massively impressed. And so I, I really wanted you to be presented to my audience as a kind of role model. Um, you know, certainly from what I've seen so far, I mean, God, I hope there's no skeletons in closets or anything like that, but, you know, wait and surprise. But I, I'd be really would shocked. I'd be shocked if there was. But you just go about things in a really, really good way. Um, and you talked about being holistic. You talked about values, principles, you know, soul, stuff which has nothing to do with money and business and stuff like that, relationships. And I just wanted to put it out there on the record that you know, I've, I've really enjoyed, you know, getting to know you better over these last months or so. And, um, you know, long may that continue. We've had a little banter with, between us over uh, WhatsApp in particular, haven't we? But I just put it out there. And so anyone who wants to know more about you, you can say how to find you. But uh, I suggest if you're not plugged into to Daniel Hill and PPN, that you are, you should be, because I think there's some good things going on and he's a good guy. So oh, thank you very much. I think, uh, yeah. I think well, I am again behind the yeah. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I can assure you, I've been in this industry for a long time, and my name's written on everything that I do. So uh, it doesn't always go right, but it's not always how you behave when it goes right. It's how you behave when it goes wrong. So any any bumps in the road we've had have been more than amicably uh, dealt with. So I can assure you, there's no skeletons in the closet you're going to come across. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time to time to share that. Um, I think the mantra of relationships over transactions is one of the most undervalued things people in business could, could understand because I've played the long game, which meant, and this is what I'd recommend for everybody, is I'll, I'll always leave stuff on the table for the long game. You don't need to squeeze the pips. But when you deal with 80% of people in business, they're just looking for what can they get out of this one deal and how can they screw their way out of this one contract and on this one project that's going over budget. How can they protect their itself and run for the hills? Whereas I'll be proud to say for the last 20, 30 years, like 20 years, we've never done that in any of our sites, any of our projects, any of our deals. And it's very rare to find other people like that. And I think not, not returning a compliment because you offered one for me, but I've said to you in private when you've offered me thanks for the way that I've facilitated deals and helped everyone get what they want, is one of the reasons that I do it is – I've got a very small network of very high value clients and they all match the same values that I have. And I think that's why we've had good deals together because we just understand it's about a lot more than, you know, pounds and pennies. So, um, 
yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a whirlwind relationship. We've done a lot of deals in a reasonably short amount of time, and I've got no no uh, no doubt that won't continue into the future. And uh, I share the sentiment. I've enjoyed this uh, conversation, and yeah, long may it continue. Me too. Thanks, Dan. I'm going to just do the wrap up because of the time, but I really appreciate you joining us or joining me uh, today. Didn't know where the conversation was going to go. Really enjoyed it. But um, the show notes are going to be over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. You can reach out to me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. If you want to connect with Dan, Daniel Hill, what's the best way to reach you, Daniel? Yeah, if you follow me on Facebook, just search Daniel Hill. Uh, Instagram is propertyentrepreneur underscore. And probably the best way where you'll be able to hear this podcast as well is uh, subscribe to the Property Entrepreneur, the official Property Entrepreneur podcast. We do one podcast a week every Tuesday, and it's just me talking about various topics for like 15, 20 minutes. This week's one is about three simple stress solutions, how to live uh, an easy life in a very chaotic world. So yeah, join, tune into those. I genuinely think your audience will they enjoy listening to you. I think they'll enjoy listening to us. Perfect. Thanks a lot. And um, all that remains to be said for me is thanks very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Property Boys podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.